We will kick off today's episode with our guest speaker pitching why you should listen to our podcast and follow our journey. Let's get started, folks. Everybody's curious about innovation, and I bet everybody has doubts about sustainability, what it is and how to how, how being sustainable can improve the quality of our lives, right? There's still a lot of like questioning related to this topic. So that's why you should listen to the Green Roof podcast and follow uh, Green Roof in the social media because there's plenty of resources and fun uh, posts about sustainability, about innovation, about a very cool project with very cool students. Welcome to an episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Roof team of Southern Illinois University Carbondale. We are a cross-university team of young, innovative minds positively impacting the landscape of SIU Carbondale through promoting and installing clean energy. Here, we are highlighting our team's activities and impact through our members, sponsors, and supporters, as well as discussing a new, interesting topic. So buckle up, because we are driving to a more sustainable future. Today, we are speaking with Gustavo Felicio Perucci, a graduate student, well, recent graduate student who majored in mechanical engineering at SIU Carbondale. How are you doing today, Gustavo? Hello, Nelson. I'm doing great today. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So would you like to kick off our episode today by telling the audience a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what your plans are in the future, and any fun facts? Well, my name is Gustavo. As Nelson said, I'm from Brazil. Um, I did my master's in mechanical engineering here in Southern Illinois University at Carbondale. I have some hobbies that I like, but I think the most eccentric one that I don't find many people uh, to be my friends in this hobby is uh, bonsai. I love bonsai. Oh my God, I cannot see a little tree that I get crazy. Um, a fun fact about me, um, I don't know, maybe um, everybody knows me also as being crazy about ramen. I love ramen. I can eat like eight packs of ramen at once. And I got involved with the Green Roof team um, through Nelson and the leadership development program. In the beginning, it seemed like a very good opportunity to develop a project as a mechanical engineering. And of course, it was uh, way more than, than I expected. It was uh, a great, great experience so far. So um, let's talk about it. I love it. Awesome to hear. Can you go a bit more into detail about like how you found out about it and how you became involved and where you're at right now with enrollment? So uh, when you, Nelson, started this project in LDP, what I remember like, like it was yesterday, two years ago, was your um, speech about the green roof. Um, how is it called actually? Vision speech. Yeah. So I remember your vision speech. Um, I was new. I was trying to understand. I couldn't understand much. <laughs> you were talking about walking in a ceiling full of plants. I was like, what's going on in there? Uh, and then there was a very nice uh, workshop 
that I had the opportunity to participate to understand better. Your vision speech made me curious. Then um, I went to this uh, workshop and it was amazing. It, uh, we did a very good job like defining ideas, lots of different people from different majors in the same room. Um, seemed so professional the way we brainstormed ideas. There was like, wow, I like this. It, it can provide something for me. And for sure, this project is providing something for the university. Definitely, if I remember it right, the workshop you're talking about is the design thinking workshop we had in February of 2020, right before COVID hit. And I remember we did make a montage of it. And I remember you're with Jacob and Grant, two forestry majors. And they're two of the most inspiring people I actually met in my life. Do you like remember what you guys talked about that day during the workshops and what ideas you concluded and how we could find ways of improving the green roof on campus? Yes. So you brought a very good memory for me because I was in this group with these two forestry guys and I've been working with mechanical engineering has been like eight years. So I was there with my mechanical engineering mind. And when we were supposed to bring ideas for the green roof itself related to organization, plants, not exactly machines, I was so surprised by their uh, point of view, you know, bringing me ideas that was like totally out of my uh, comfort zone. And I was kind of liking it. I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, let's, uh, let's create a space for glasses on top of the building or making it open. And it was like, wow, that's, that's pretty interesting. Definitely. The green roof has so many different applications and directions that we could have gone. We thought about with the design thing workshop and having students involved. But at the end of the day, we chose the routes we went to because we're passionate about it and passion shows. Um, a quick note, Jacob, one of the two forestry majors who was in the design thing workshop, he actually graduated last year and started up a forestry nursery business in central Illinois called Silvix. So Gustavo, what are your thoughts on his avenue? If you've heard anything about him and he's also one of our sponsors for the Green Roof team. Well, um, I have him on, my, him on my Instagram and I like can see frequently his posts and his trees. And you know, my bonsai uh, hobby gets very crazy about that because I can see lots of potential bonsai trees in his <laughs> in his uh in his business so i, I really like it no it's nuts um he has some of the most exciting content he's always active and showing what kinds of trees he's planting what kind of trees there are that he's identified and some amazing content one thing i identified one of my little trees because of one of his videos <laughs> cool. so shifting back to the team so what was your role with the Green Roof team last year? And where do you see yourself and the team going next year? In the beginning, um, I'm, very, I'm very glad you, Nelson, um, gave me a position of leadership in the Green Roof team. Um, I was the project manager for the mechanical uh, team 
in the development in the development of the wind turbine. And um, yeah, I embraced it because I love design, and I had so much freedom to create and to lead a, a group of students for for creating something meaningful. Yeah, I can remember all the conversations we had over the past year about how we would go about leading the team and having the and fostering collaboration among everyone in a virtual setting. And we know now looking back at the year, we were successful and every step we took along the way while either moving us forward or having us take that step back to view everything ended up working in the end. So could you touch upon the process we went about to for you to lead the team and foster collaboration what kind of like small techniques tactics did we use in the online setting when i started leading this group um i came from my experience with in-person projects so i had had contact in the in, in the past with real projects in front of me uh teams drawing in a table making decisions uh, one in front of the uh, one in front of the other and decision making happening fast and conflicts happening and being like talked in the place for for having a decision and this online thing was kind of new for me that's another uh, reason for me to get so interested in in this new project you know like a new challenge because online all the dynamics change we are talking about engaging a bunch of people through screens and making them collaborate to each other and making the brainstorming online is kind of crazy. I remember one of the first meetings was like, oh my God, this is impossible. And in our personal uh, meetings for planning, me and you, uh, I really like when we were thinking about how to make them draw online and draw ideas, how to make them like give uh, weights for the decisions and together we come up with a, a better decision. Then came like the idea of drawing and then sharing the pictures and then came the idea of a decision matrix. So lots of small tools that we had the idea to make online to engage people and come up with the best decision. And not only the best one, but a set of decisions for, for making try one. If not, we have another option. And it was amazing. Uh, people got really involved. I, I, I could tell everybody was uh, kind of voting in the decision matrix. We're drawing, we had plenty of drawings, uh, limitless ideas for the wind turbine. So, yeah, we, we, we were able to develop some tools to make a project online. And there's so many different tools out online that's free, that's made for collaborating at a high level. <clears throat> One of them that you actually got a good start on for this upcoming year is in Miro. Would you like to talk a bit about what Miro is and how it's going to help improve our communication virtually? Yes, um, I don't know if I'm going to speak technically here, but Miro, from my point of view, it's a blank board with uh, where where everybody can enter online at the same time and make drawings, put pictures, make uh, 
mind maps, organograms, and it really can uh, help in the development of brainstorming. You can make uh, a mind map, everything is linked, nobody loses track of the ideas. Um, it can make like discussions way more precise and focused. So I love Miro. After using in the green roof, I used in my thesis also. So my all my literature review was on Miro with arrows, with um, citations, with authors. And in the end, it helped me a lot writing my thesis. Fun fact, later in, the, in this episode, Gustavo is going to talk a bit more about his thesis. So you have something to look forward to. But with uh, Miro, in terms of project management, how did you see it being as a useful tool and helped us come all together? I think Miro allows um, you to create beforehand. This is something that I learned also. You prepare the meeting beforehand, right? Then the meeting is just for decision making, yes or no, you know? Um, so Myra really helped in this, this particular uh, feature. You, you can prepare your meeting beforehand. You organize, you organize very visually with uh, drawings, with uh, geometric figures, every single step of your conversation. Um, and you can even make a um, timeline. You can make a, a process um, from beginning to end of the entire process. So it's very useful. Awesome. And it's helped our team a huge bunch and helps us communicate better with one another. Being a virtual team and having about half our team not in Carbondale, how did you see the overall collaboration among everyone from those in-person and those virtually when we moved into the hands-on manufacturing phase of the project? Uh -huh. so, so what was the involvement of those not in Carbondale, essentially? Uh -huh. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that uh, the Green Roof had part of the team here in Carbondale and part of the, of the team all around, right, in different universities. Um, you can cite some universities like Texas A&M. Yes, Texas A&M, yeah. um, Case Western in Ohio, the Inter-American University in Puerto Rico, then Broward College in Florida. So we had quite a few friends from different universities come in and work as hard as everyone in Carbondale since we're all meeting virtually weekly. Yes, yeah, so among all the already mentioned differentials of this project, there's this more differential of having people all around, right? And because of that, we had to have a lot of care uh, of how the meetings were conducted, right? Um, since we under 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 pandemic, we would have to have meetings online anyway, so everybody was engaged online, people from Carbondale or from outside. But after that, um, when you were able to build the wind turbine, uh, the mount for the wind turbine, um, I truly believe that we, we were able to manage well people from 
outside, online, with in-person people. Um, I remember meetings where there was people constructing and there was the camera filming them for the people outside having contact with this space because um, everybody was involved, right? Even people from the outside participated in the design, in the concept design, in the detailed design. So uh, that project that was being built was their project also. So I think we managed to, to make everybody participate even in the, uh, in the present situations. And I think everybody had the sensation of ownership of the project, you know, even being in another city or in another country. Most definitely having ownership in a project and ensuring that everyone in the project does have a stake in it is important. So you shared earlier a favorite moment you had in person in Carmadale. Do you have a favorite moment from a meeting online or with a team member not in Carmadale this past year? I think I loved Edward's videos. So Edward is one of our team members from the from Puerto Rico. And he is one of the most creative people I know I've met in my life. Um, if you go onto our YouTube and find a video with him, it's just straight inspiration from the get-go. You gain a strong buy-in from the beginning, and then he conveys why you should care about the green roof. He was actually the first team member to have an episode released of our podcast, which came out two weeks ago. So if you have never met Edward, I would highly suggest following him and messaging him on Instagram or LinkedIn. He's an amazing guy to talk about and talk with about any ideas. Being the project manager of the wind turbine for this upcoming year, what are some improvements you saw from the team on a team level from last year that you would like to improve upon for this upcoming year? Um, I think you can always see a lot of room for improvement. And what I can see like is improving a little bit more the ownership of the project for each member, you know, making sure that everybody understands it, its role and it's important and how it can, uh, how the project is, is of each member there. It, it, it's from each member there. Um, everybody should have a little bit of more sense of ownership, you know, that, that's a thing to, to improve. And um, also uh, now that we, let's say that last year was more like a, a first trial. I think this year is going to be way more smooth. You know, we're going to use our tools with way more confidence um, for developing this project. Definitely. Last year was a first year. We learned quite a bit, but it was a successful year. Do you want to touch upon how you felt the day we were installing the turbine on the agriculture building? Like, Take us through the day from arriving to the building in our cars with all the different materials in there to taking that step back at the end and just soaking in what we were able to accomplish. <laughs> This moment was amazing, you know. Um, since I didn't have finished my my master thesis yet, kind of this was one of the first moments that I had a feeling of accomplishment in SIU. You know, I I remember like 
bringing the turbine there, it's kind of, there, there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, um, how exactly are we going to put this in the roof? Nobody knows exactly how. Um, what's going to happen? Is it going to really spin in the wind? Oh my God. And after organizing everything, putting in there, installing everything, and seeing the turbine like spinning and kind of beautiful in the roof and people that were outside of the project looking at that and say, hey, this is amazing. And like, it was a great sensation, you know, uh, a, a great sensation of accomplishment that, that this kinds of project brings after one year of design, trying, error, re redoing, and, you know, it's pretty good. Especially in a year of COVID where so many competitions, so many in-person events were canceled, it was an amazing feeling to be with one another, standing there, working on it together, and seeing it come to fruition. So before we transition into your thesis in communication as our topic for today, is there anything else you would like to talk about with the Green Roof team, anything you've learned about, anything you found interesting, any favorite moments? Well, um, I, I really like all the, the things that I have been learning about sustainability, you know, um, how to be a mechanical engineering engineer, uh, more concerned about the environment, about making uh, a more responsible um, designs, um, so that's something that I, I, I've been learning and I created a taste for that. So I'm reading more about sustainability. I'm reading more about green energy and I think I'm turning my career to this path. So what are your next steps in life now that you're a recent grad from a SIE Carbondale? Uh, after uh, this graduation, I received an invitation to do a PhD in the University of Texas at Dallas. And yeah, I'm embracing this new challenge. I'm going to Dallas in August and start my PhD there. Awesome. Congrats, Kravi Gustavo. So thank you. Now, would you like to talk about your thesis that you've been working on this past year plus yes um so um i came to siu actually to work with controls uh design of controllers i was a lot into airplanes in the past uh, but here i had contact with dr chu and he is uh in the area of non-destructive evaluation which means like testing materials and parts without destroying it and finding some defects um, for industry, for, for airplane companies or car companies, railroad. And I got interested in this area. So I started doing my research with him. Um, at the same time, I started working um, with Dr. Bruce Durant in a 3D printer and I saw uh, as a good opportunity for my research to merge 3D printing and non-destructive evaluation. So my research was uh, analyzing 
the strength of honeycomb parts 3D printed. And this analysis would be uh, totally focused on the strain distribution in the part under tension. And for measuring the strain, I would use digital image correlation, which is the non-destructive evaluation method. So all these difficult terms, but um, sounds very difficult, but actually it's pretty interesting. I could learn a lot how to use different tools from my career, from my undergrad, lots of knowledge, put all of them together um, to develop this research. Um, the results was, were very interesting. I was able to, to find um, positive results, making tiny changes in honeycomb structures and improving its stiffness. Actually, it's toughness, but that's fine. And yeah, I'm very satisfied with that. And in Texas, I hope to continue through these avenues, um, go to a more, um, more robust 3D printing techniques like metal 3D printing, and hopefully um, merge it with more renewable energy and more sustainable ways of designing. That is amazing. Every time you talk about it and I'm listening, I just get blown away over and over again. So for, a non, for our non-technical listeners, what is the applications of your research in the greater world? Okay. Um, so honeycomb structures, they are used um, for different uses, for, for different purpose in different industries, and they can be used for um, energy absorption as a simple structure for like buildings. When you talk about design of structures, design of materials, nowadays there's an increased necessity for a optimization of this, this design. So which means you are going to make the best structure for your use with the less usage of material. So thinking about that, my research can help uh, understanding the behavior of honeycomb structures when you take material from it. So you can make it lighter and behave differently and kind of control its behavior, uh, thinking about toughness. Can it be combined and integrated with buildings and building structures, which can lead to installations of, say, renewable energy along with it? Yes, that's a very interesting um, analysis because um, if you can develop a structure, it doesn't need to be a honeycomb structure that is those honeybees hexagonal uh, honeycombs, can be any kind of cellular structure or lattice structure. If you're able to develop that very lightweight and at the same time, good for insulation, you have a very good like means for improving energy efficiency in buildings. Um, if you uh, make it together with the structure of the building, which means that you are not adding anything else to a pre-existing building, it also decreases costs of construction. Um, it makes everything simpler. 
So hearing 3 printing in houses, would this be a topic of discussion that can contribute to 3D printed houses then? Oh yeah, oh yeah, because when you talk about lattice structures and cellular structures, they are extremely difficult to build um, in other means different than 3D printing, you know, before, before the advent of 3D printing, it was extremely hard, but human beings were already kind of mimicking nature in trying to develop lots of cellular structures for um, usage as honeycombs, as, as um, structures in the past. But nowadays, uh, there's this trend of using 3D printing for cellular structures because it's easy and you can uh, make very complex structures using a 3D printer. So yes, 3D printing and this construction of houses, it's very interesting with insulation, with um, um, a very optimized structure. It all comes together for sure. It's interesting how you say trying to understand what nature does and mimicking it among humans. Because when I think about that and think about airplanes and the way airplanes are designed, they look similar to how birds look when they fly, right? Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Yes. And I, I'm not a, an expert in this. I, I, I'm not sure, but I've seen some re recent research that are, are kind of developing like airplanes that use wings like birds and they kind of <laughs> wave the wings. So <laughs> let's see what comes for the future. <laughs> it's very interesting to see how human beings, uh, uh, we try, try, try to develop new things and but it always goes back to how nature is already doing. Seems like nature is the optimization of the optimization. Definitely, I agree. Would you like to add anything else about your research or are you excited and ready to talk about communication? Uh, we can start talking about communication right now because um, part of a research like this, which is a long research, you know, there's a lot of people involved. You need to, you need to ask for um, the person on charge of the printer to print the way you like. Um, there's time constraints, there's a professor, there's a professor that is your advisor, there's the professors of your committee. So there's so many people involved and so many people to make happy, <laughs> including you, that communication was huge in the past two years for me. I really had to learn how to deal with my feelings, understand what's going on, and even more like understand that the other person is not evil or they are not mean, you know, it's just communication. And nowadays, I, I'm almost sure to say, like I can affirm that almost all uh, problems in a group, in a project or family-wise anywhere, it can be sold with proper communication, you know? So I know you're from Brazil. So when you came to America, did you see if there is a communication gap with the language? 
Well, for me, yes, it was very difficult in the beginning. Um, the idea of not being able to express myself exactly the way I wanted, you know, there was a lack of vocabulary, um, not even that, but a lack of confidence in speaking, in proving my point. So uh, in the beginning, it was very difficult for me, but that's, uh, that's when uh, comes the idea of leadership that I could hear here in the U.S. and the leadership development program here in SIU, LDP. So it really helped me to get in touch with more native speakers, get in touch with techniques for speaking, for, um, for communicating, for planning research, planning projects, and it was very helpful for me, you know, leadership all with, with like some courage to go there and, and, and learn the language. It helped me to fill this gap of language. Most definitely. And I know from experience that the leadership development program at SIU Carbondale is one of the finest programs I've ever been fortunate to be part of. And the way that we go about leadership is quite unique. Do you have any memories or experiences where communication was tough with other team members on projects and how you and them found ways of solving any of the obstacles? Yes. Um, in the second year of the LDP, uh, you become a coach and you have two mentees. And I had the opportunity to uh, be the coach of four different members. Uh, through the course of one year and that's a very interesting situation you know because you you are the coach of them so you not only desire them to succeed and to improve as leaders but also there's some pressure you know because you are their coach you need to to be a good coach there's a pressure from the outside and in these meetings, in this coach and mentee relationship, um, there's a lot of uh, conflict sometimes or, or the coaches bring some problems, you know, and learning how to hear the, the mentees, the, the problem of the other person, you know, not judge and not give them, not, not give them like orders but requests, you know, give them the choice to choose by themselves what they want to do, you know, express to them what you need from them and understand what they need from you. That, that was amazing, a great opportunity. And that's, that's for sure a very good memory of dealing with problems and conflicts. I like your comments. They're focused on not only providing the right communications, but understanding what kind of communication they need in order to be received. Exactly. Uh, people make fun of me, but I always say like, what is the need underneath? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we conclude our episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Roof Team. Special thanks to your sponsors, the SIU Research Park, Energy at SIU, SIU Sustainability Office's Green Fund Grant, the University Innovation Fellows, 
CH Electrical, Entertech, RAS Coatings, AES Solar, Sprag Supply Group, H&F Visions, Silvix Forestry and Nursery, Nether Channel Studios, Climate Economy Action Network, and many more. And please visit our website for more information and follow us on social media. Stay sustainable, folks.